and welcome. It's me, John Park, and this is Make Code Live. Thanks for coming by today. Uh, here we are. We're back together again. Uh, if you're coming here for the first time, this is uh, where I'm going to build a Make Code project uh, for about the next hour or so and show you how it works. I've actually Got a pretty cool hardware-based project today using a Circuit Playground Express and some NeoPixel RGB LEDs to make a really humongous uh, seven-segment display. Gigantic version of what you find in a clock, uh, for example. And uh, we'll go over how you can do that all inside of Make Code, how we can use it as a counter, how we can use it uh, to just scroll through, excuse me, some, some uh, digits for us. And uh, all, all done right inside of Make Code. That's this thing. If you're uh, not aware what this is, this is a block-based coding editor. And uh, we're going to use it for uh, programming, programming in kind of a visual way so we can deal with the logic of what we're building. Uh, and if you want to join up in the chat, we're over in uh, Twitch as well as um, checking the chat in YouTube a little bit. And I'm actually going to take a look over in... Uh, our chat over in Discord, particularly because I often get uh, warnings about my audio there. So I'm, I'm hopeful that my audio levels are good, but uh, our, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're a little low. All right, let me try to, I'm gonna try to boost my mic audio without making it clip. This is sometimes a trick, just given my setup here. Uh, and partly it's just my proximity to the mic. So I'm gonna move that a little bit too. We'll see how that is. Uh, let me know if you hear any funny noises, but uh, otherwise we're, we're gonna get off to the races now. So uh, what I've got today involves this sort of display. This is a seven segment display. Um, I'm gonna show you a little uh, graphic here. This is, this is a seven segment display diagram that I found just on Wikipedia. Um, and if you, uh, if you look at this, let me see if I can uh, explain this. The, the way these work typically is that these are individual light-emitting diodes. And uh, by sending power to them or closing the circuit so that power and ground make their way to each of these, you light them up. Uh, so to display something like a number one, we would just light up these two segments that are on the right here, the right side here, this B segment and the C segment. If we want to do the number three, we would light up A, B, G, C, and D. Uh, and there's also usually a little bit of a um, uh, decimal point here. This is what this DP stands for, a decimal point. Uh, sometimes there's other, uh, let's say like a colon. You'll see those between numbers on clocks, for example, between the hours and the minutes. Um, so these are called seven segment displays. This one is seven segments plus an eighth uh, LED that's this little dot. Um, and this is a fairly typical naming convention, this uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, and then G is this horizontal middle member here. Uh, and so we're gonna use that in coding our own version, but we're gonna make it out of NeoPixels. And so uh, let me go back to this camera so we can see inside here a little bit. Uh, let me. See, can I move things off to the side enough? Sort of, they're right in my face. Let me move these over. Um, so what you'll see in the display that I have here is that if I uh, increment it, I'm using a button on the Circuit Playground Express, 
each time I increment it, we'll see different, um, move this over just a little bit. Which way do we want to go? That away. Come in a little closer. I have this on a pretty heavy stand. I put a sandbag under it so it wouldn't fall over on me. As entertaining as that might be. Uh, and so you can see here, I'm just counting through the numbers, 0, 1, 2, 3, and so on. Um, but the way I've set this up is with just a single strand of NeoPixels. So it's just a flexible strip that has a bunch of NeoPixels on it. I've built this sort of complicated or, or at least uh, labor-intensive display by using that one strip and then some acrylic panels to give me diffusion. Um, but the key thing here, I think the key thing we're going to look at today is that um, MakeCode has the ability to uh, make life easy when you want to address a big, long strip of NeoPixels, but you want to do so in sections or subsets of them, kind of logical subsets, even though the physical strip is one big, long strip. So uh, this is actually, there are 57 NeoPixels in this panel. And uh, in fact, let me, let me show you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop over to the browser here for a second. I'm going to show you what uh, this looks like underneath. So uh, I'm going to go to learn.adafruit.com where I built a tutorial on this. And this is called the Ninja Timer Project. And you can see there in the GIF, uh, it's counting and I've got these big, big displays. Um, I just want to show you what's inside them. So I took this long strip, I cut it into little sections of eight pixels each, and then I essentially soldered them back together uh, in the shape of this uh, seven segment. And there's a good picture of what's going on. So we have all these segments. Uh, the tape is just holding the back of the board here temporarily, so I don't go anywhere. And you can see I've labeled them uh, kind of in reverse so that I get get the, uh, the numbering correct or the lettering correct. Um, Here's some cool little connectors my friend Todd made to help assembling them be a little easier. Um, so that's that's what our display uh, looks like underneath. It's a whole bunch, 56 of these LEDs. So the 57th one is a little dot that I have on mine. Um, so underneath there, now, the way NeoPixels work is when we address them in code, in make code, we are going to essentially tell the software that we have one strip that's got 57 pixels on it. Um, and so what that, uh, let me, let me show you the code here for that. Let's see, uh, I'm going to throw my glasses so I can see this a little easier. It's just at that size and distance where I need the glasses. Uh, so I'm going to look for my start, uh, block here and I'll move this over a bit. So what's going on here? Uh, this is our typical set strip to tell the software that we have a NeoPixel strip and we're going to use it. Uh, and it is connected to this little Circuit Playground Express right here. Let me move that a little bit so you can see it. It is connected to that LED panel uh, just with... Let me hide this display for one second. Hold on. There we go. Uh, so it's connected to that panel over power ground. That's the red and the black... Uh, wires, and those are connected to the three volt output on the Circuit Playground Express and the ground to close the circuit. So that provides power. This yellow cable I have here is plugged into the analog one output um, or the A1 output. I'm actually using it digitally. That's, a, that's kind of a misnomer. Uh, and what that's being used for is to send data 
uh, to the NeoPixels, uh, telling them what color they should light at and what brightness. Um, and that one data line travels across all of those pixels. Each one has essentially uh, the ability to uh, listen to a command telling it what to do and then pass that command on to the next one. So it's nice because it doesn't have, say, 56 or 57 connections to this board. That would be impossible with this kind of board. Uh, but instead, all the data telling the lights what to do that are in there travels over this one line. So if we look back at um, the code here, that's what this little piece of code, this block here, does. And we get it over in the light category. And if we head to NeoPixel, uh, it's this second one right here. Set a strip to, uh, sorry, it's this third one actually. Set a strip to create strip on a one with 30 pixels. So that's kind of your default. Um, what I've done, I named it digit, uh, but that could be called strip. In fact, I'm gonna rename it strip here just to make, make it a little clearer. So I'm gonna rename that variable, call it strip. So that's our NeoPixel strip. And that just automatically renamed it everywhere in the program. So we don't have to worry about changing it in a whole bunch of places. Um, and that's telling the software that we have a 56, uh, it actually should be 57, I got that one extra dot, 57 pixel strip on A1. Um, and initially this just sort of sets them to purple at a, at a brightness of 30. Um, and then the really cool thing is that this would be a pain in the neck if I wanted to uh, do this, this number three that we have here uh, without the added blocks that we're gonna look at. Because if you think about it, this is pixel 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and so on. So if I wanted to light up this number 3, I would have to write some code that says, don't touch 0 through 7, but tell 8 all the way through whatever number this is um, to turn on, turn on purple, then skip these 8 pixels, and then set these ones. So this would be kind of a mess because we're dealing with all these different ranges of NeoPixels that are on one strip. Um, and so the really great thing is that there's this super convenient uh, block. If I look back at the NeoPixel, so light NeoPixel section, actually I'm gonna uh, zoom out just a little bit so that's smaller. The scale of this is based on the scale of the canvas, they're all the same. Um, and I'm gonna scroll down to the bottom here Uh, and find, what am I looking for? I'm looking for the, have I missed it? Maybe it's not at the bottom. One more straight, oh, it's this one right here. <laughs> it's way up at the top, I'm wrong. Uh, it's right under the one we used. So here it says strip, uh, happens to be picking strip two because we've already used strip one. It doesn't want a conflict or strip. Uh, so this would say set a strip to be uh, a new variable name. So we could call it like a subsection or a range or a substrip or a segment based on the way this uh, LCD panel, LCD looking panels um, partitioned up to be our initial strip. So that thing that's 57 pixels long, uh, but we'll make it a range that starts at a certain pixel number. Zero would be the first one and goes for X number of pixels. So what I did was I set up a bunch of these and I put them into a function 
uh, called create segments. So that's let's go take a look at that. That's going to be a whole bunch of that um, block I just showed there. So uh, create segments. Open this up here. Uh, so you can see here, it's that same block, uh, just used a few times. And I gave them helpful names. So I'm going to yeah, put that right there. Move out of the way. Uh, so you can see here, set segment A, and that's traditionally uh, this, this one right here, actually, right? Yeah, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So sorry, I was, I was screwing that up earlier. So segment A is going to be a strip uh, ranging from... Uh, oh, sorry, to confuse matters, where I decided to place the, uh, the data line isn't at what we consider A, so sorry about that. Um, but but um, I actually have my data line starting there, so that's, that's actually what we're going to call F. Uh, so we'll see there's this set segment F to be our strip, and it's going to be a subset or a range that starts at zero, that's where zero is, and goes up through eight. Uh, eight pixels, that is, so zero through seven. Um, then we have uh, segment A, so that's this one. This one happens to be the physical pixel number uh, eight, and that's going to go eight, uh, and then it's also eight long. So you'll see all of these, you can tell how long your segment is, uh, and this can be anything. We could have a segment that's too long and one that's 55 long and use them that way. Um, it doesn't care. You can, you can partition them. Uh, you can't have them overlap, though. As far as as far as I know, uh, I saw some issues when I had my math wrong before, so I think you can't overlap the ranges or it gets confused, which makes sense. Um, and so this is segment A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And that means I can now tell individual segments to turn on or off by calling them here, and then under the hood, it will take care of the math of which real numbers are in there, which is hugely convenient. Um, and so let's take a look, uh, at continuing, uh, this, this experiment here. So this is, um, a, um, kind of a, not an optimized way to do it, but I think it's a really clear way. And then I'll show you an opti optimized way to do some of this stuff. Um, so now that I have individual segments that I can talk, talk to, um, what we want to do is construct uh, essentially some kind of a lookup table for this sort of thing. So you'll see here, um, these are which segment names you want to call to do uh, individual characters. So to do a number two character, or the yeah the the to put the two on here, we'll call A, B, G, E, and D. To do the three, it's A, B, G, C, and D, and so on. So we, we essentially want to construct a version of that inside of make code. Um, and so I'll show you, this is a very, um, hopefully a clear way, even though it's a bit brute force and not optimized, like I said, um, to accomplish that. So why don't we take a look at a uh, the, the number one. So here I have created uh, oh, that one, actually, that one I'm trying to be a little clever on. Let, let me let me uncollapse or expand all these blocks, format my code. Um, okay, there's a nice example. So the character for a six. Move this over here a little bit. So the character for the six is a function where I can call this and just say, hey, I want to draw a six on the screen. 
And so the way I'm doing that is I'm saying uh, set segment A, which is this one. In fact, let's go up to a six uh, right now so we can follow along. Okay, so here's a um, segment A, which is that one. <laughs> segment A is off, so I'm just setting, set all the pixels of segment A to black, and segment B is off, so set that to black, and then C, D, E, F, and G, those are all on. And so we could do something like uh, just put a color in there. That makes it, that, that's sort of how it comes by default. You can just pop a color in there. Um, I decided to add a second uh, layer of coolness on here, which is I can, when I call the function, I can tell it what color to be. Uh, and I chose hue to do this. You could choose indexed uh, RGB colors or RGB itself. Um, so that's how I've set up all of these. If you scroll out, uh, or if I scroll out here, you'll see I've just made a whole bunch of these. This is my lookup table for, uh, here's an eight. Eight is all of them are on. So A, B, C, D, E, F, G all have the same um, color. And I think in this version, I'm not talking to the dot. So that's actually why I had this one set to 56 to start with. Now, if I want to um, call those, all I need to do in my code is uh, run this character six, char six, and give it a hue value, and it'll light it up. Um, now, uh, we can demo that version. So, so I've got this uh, Circuit Playground Express plugged in over USB. So that means I can uh, upload code to it directly. What I'll do is um, let's, let's pair the device in here. And let's see, that should... There we go. So this little icon here shows USB uh, connection. So using Chrome browser, which I'm using here, this has uh, web USB. So it allows USB to work from the Chrome browser. It can push the code directly there. Um, and now I'm trying to remember, what does this version of this code do? Because I messed with a, a second one after this one. So let's, uh, let's see, forever cycle the letters. Ah, okay. So let's see. I think, I think what this will do is I set up some of the letters that you can draw. A, B, B is kind of an eight, A, C, E, and, and so on. Um, kind of the stuff that you might've tried on your calculator a long time ago to spell things out. Um, so this should cycle through those. I'm going to download the code. So that's actually uploading it to that board. And there it goes. Okay, let's see, did it work? It didn't, okay, so I'm gonna, I am gonna do it manually, which is, um, it's kind of a lot to ask the computer given all the things I'm doing right now, streaming this. Um, so I'm gonna download the UF2 file and I'm just gonna simply drag this onto the drive that shows up when I plug this in. So let's hide that for a second. Let me drag that code on there. Hopefully I don't break things. There we go. Uh, so this is gonna now move this out of the way. This is going to just cycle through the character set that I gave it. So I made a, um, a series of these. You can see A, E, F, H, J, L, P, H, a and so on. So it's just cycling through those by calling um, those functions. 
bring these back up so we can see them. Uh, so functions here such as, let me go ahead and collapse the blocks and format the code so it's all near each other. I am now so reliant on this. I don't know how we lived without it. Okay, so here's, for example, the, the F character, the little um, lookup table for that, the J, the E, the H. Uh, and then to test those, I have this. Uh, like I said, this is just kind of brute force. There's nothing optimized about it. This is just calling the character A and telling it a hue to B, which is this kind of bluish color that I gave it. Then it pauses some value that I give it as well, this variable called speed, and then it moves on through A, C, E, F, and so on. Uh, if we look, I think in the start block is where I've set the hue. Um, value and the speed value, or no, I'm, I'm doing that when I, uh, when I go to my forever block. Let's open that up. So here I'm calling uh, it to cycle the letters. This is the speed, so 1,000. Let's set that to twice as fast, so 500 milliseconds. And then the hue, that um, is a color wheel that runs uh, kind of in the real world, it runs from zero to 360 degrees. It's an it's a arc, a circle of, of, of hues. Uh, in MakeCode, that's zero to 255, which makes it more consistent with some other color things. At least I think, yeah, I don't think it goes up to 360. Um, so if we go to zero, this is actually uh, the red position on the color wheel. So if we um, try to, let's see if we can re-download re that re-upload that. Um, there it goes. So now it's telling it to cycle through these letters twice as fast. Oh, I see. It's getting, it's actually pushing the code there and then it's sort of trying a second time and getting confused. So I can close that. It actually worked. Um, so now it's running uh, all of those individual functions. They're all getting that same argument for speed, which is now half a second or 500 milliseconds. And they're getting that argument for hue of, uh, zero, which is red. Now directly across the color wheel um, from this should be the halfway point. So if we're going zero to 255, I should be able to go to about 123 uh, to go to blue. So let's try that. We'll uh, call this with 120, let's say. And I'll try to convince it that we're connected. Push that up and we should see this now pop back up, but now it's using a blue color. Uh, and I think my colors are fairly accurate to what you're seeing, maybe a little more saturated here, but I've, I've, um, I've actually made a little uh, camera selector for my webcam that should allow me to go to a, a sort of a darker mode where you'll see the, the colors a little better. Um, so, that's our basic example. Let me switch the camera back uh, to this one. Oh, that's a little blown out. Hold on. This is what I get for fiddling with camera midstream. Uh, where did you go, little? I think I've exploded the uh, webcam settings app. That's what I use, by the way, if you're curious to tune my webcam. And since so many people are using webcams these days, I recommend getting a little secondary app such as webcam settings if you're on the Mac that lets you uh, override a lot of settings for things like gain and brightness. 
uh, color saturation, color temperature, that kind of stuff. Okay, so now um, what uh, what's difficult about doing it this way, which is these sort of uh, functions that each one kind of sets in stone which segments it can light up, uh, is that it is a little hard to programmatically deal with it. So I can't um, increment a number and just have that value show up on here so easily. Um, so what I've got is a second version. Let's see if this one uh, is still intact. Uh, it's not. Okay, let me let me load. Let me go to the home here. Yeah, web uh, in the Chrome browser sometimes make code will uh, if you have multiple tabs open and you change your code in one of them, it'll it'll uh, update them in all of them, even if it's saved as different names. So. Uh, let's see, I'm going to drag, I've saved a copy of the UF2. Which one are you? Are you going to be optimized this one here? How about, aha, here we are. Okay. Um, so this one, actually, I got help from my friend Todd, who's, uh, who's Todd bot in the chat there. If you're looking over at the discord chat and I should actually peek in there and make sure no one's telling me any problems with my voice level. looks like we're good. Okay. Um, and I'm just checking the various chats real quick since I've mentioned it. Uh, let's see. Good, good, good. All right. Everything's working. Hooray. So, uh, what I've got, so I talked to, to my friend Todd about this and I said, okay, I want to, this is the approach that I've got. That's, that's a very, um, uh, rote kind of brute force way to say this is which set of segments I light up in a function, uh, but it's not super flexible. Uh, so what Todd, he thought about it a bit and what he came up with really uh, worked worked out great, worked out perfectly. So this is the code that you saw that I had on it first and we'll, we'll re-upload this to, to mess with it in a moment. Um, but actually here is a really nice description of what we're gonna do uh, with a couple of arrays. So the idea behind this is that we're going to create an array, and if you uh, head over, if you need an array, you head over to the advanced category and look at arrays. Uh, and here you can create an array, which is essentially a list of items. Uh, and they can either be numbers or they can be characters, text, like a string, this is sometimes called. So we have a list and we have a text list. Um, so what we have here is a text list. And I gave these really big, long descriptive names so that I would remember what things are and make it clear. Often in, in coding, you'll use names that have no spaces in them and uh, are uh, short because you don't want your lines to run on forever. But I, I realized uh, that this would be a little clearer if I, if I gave them useful names. So my list here, it describes itself. It's list of numbers as segments. So this is a set of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 um, sets of segments that correspond to lighting up a zero, a one, a two, and so on. So if you look at the second item, it's B and C. Uh, as we remember looking at this, B and C are the two segments off on the right. And so that's what gives us the number one. Um, so this is our uh, kind of Rosetta Stone or map to which segments by letter 
we need to light up in order to have a complete um, digit show up. So with that stored here, the next thing we can do is uh, tell it a number that we want to display. So when this starts up, the first thing it does is it tries to display a zero. Uh, and we can ignore this one right now, this counting Boolean. Uh, that's going to be useful when we want to do something like this, which is tick up the numbers. And then I'm calling a function called call show segments for a number. So let's let's find that. I'm going to collapse the blocks and I'm going to format the code. Uh, show segments for a number. That's this one right here. So let's let's have a look at this. Uh, let's see, can I get it far enough over? Yeah. So show segments for a number. What this is going to do? First thing is it sets a variable called segments to light. So which which of these are we going to light up? Segment segments to light is set to be a list of numbers as segments. That was that, that thing we just looked at. Let me open that up so we can compare them. Uh, so on start, list of numbers as segments. And I'm gonna put that over here and this here, and I'll live in between the two of them. So get up there. That's pretty good. Okay, so uh, the set, this variable called segments to light, which ones do we light up? Uh, we take the list of numbers as segments uh, and we get the value at the number to, the, to display. Now remember we said the number we wanted to display at first is the number zero. So that means we're gonna ask for the zero item in this list. This is a zero indexed list, so it's essentially the first item. Um, but, but the answer right now to what is this variable equal is it equals A, B, C, D, E, F, which is all of the outer segments, excluding that center one. Uh, so the next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set the whole strip to black. I just wanna turn it off. Um, then what we'll do is run through this loop, which is an index from zero to whatever the number of uh, segments we have to light up. So this zero has uh, six segments, these outer segments, and it's, it's arriving at that by looking at this length of this variable called segments to light. So it looks at that string that's in there and it says how many things are in it, and it finds its answer, um, which is gonna be six. So from an index going from zero to six, it's going to um, set, the individual segment variable, it's a new variable, to be a substring of this segments to light from index to length one. What does that mean? That means that um, the code is able to look at this and run through it multiple times using just one of these string characters at a time, each iteration through. So it'll, it'll run through it once with that variable equaling A, then B, then C, then D, then E, and then F. And they don't have to be in order. Here you can see I've got one listed as A, B, uh-oh, now I've done it. <laughs> I've got one listed as A, B, G, E, D. It doesn't matter what order they're in, it's gonna run through uh, each item in that string. And each time this um, for loop goes through, it's gonna do its thing, whatever's inside that green block, with the current character, that current string character. Um, so that means the first run through, it's an A. So with this variable be equaling an A, 
it then does this big comparison that just says, what character do we have right here? Is it an A, is it a B, and so on. Whichever one it's true for, it does the thing inside of here. So that first time through, it's, it's an A. And so we finally call a thing that turns on some pixels, which is set the segment A. Remember, that's our subset, that little range that's a subset, eight pixels within this 57 pixel strip. Uh, set those to whatever the strip color is meant to be. That's a variable we set elsewhere. Uh, so when it goes through and it finds a C, then it's gonna light the C segment. When it finds an E, it lights the E segment and so on. So that's how we go through and tell each of the segments we wanna light to be lit up. So we first turned it all off using this black, uh, set the pixels to black. Then we've gone through and said, here's all the ones to light. Once we're finished with that loop, once we get out of that loop, because we've completed, we've gone through however many we needed to in there, um, we'll also check if we're calling the little decimal point to be on or off. We'll look at that in a moment. Uh, and then finally, we show the NeoPixel strip. So this is, um, we don't use this one a lot, but what this is, this is actually uh, really interesting. This allows us to buffer or store some commands up saying, what should we light? but don't actually turn them on until they're all prepped and staged and ready. And then we say, okay, show. Um, normally, if you tell a, pic a NeoPixel what color to be, it'll just immediately change this to that color. What I found, however, is that I was sensing a little bit of a delay. And so I would see some segments light and then like a fraction of a second later, we would see some others light. And I want them to kind of all burst onto screen. Um, so let's, uh, in fact, let's upload this code right now. We'll see if that uh, successfully uploads. And um, we'll see it in action. So there we go. When I, uh, so, so this lit that zero, right? That's, that's what's happened in this start, uh, start block. Let me collapse my blocks and format the code and go back over here. I can actually mush that up a little bit. Uh, so this, this all just happened. Uh, and at the end of this, it said show the segment for a number, which was that function we just looked at. So it just went through and did that. And now we have this zero looking at us. Um, the reason that it's buffering is that I added a NeoPixel block here called set NeoPixel strip buffered. Uh, and then you can set that either to true or false. Um, that should be true, right? I wonder why that's, maybe I, maybe I changed that by accident. accident. Uh, let's, read the, let's read the description, the tooltip on this one. If we hover over it, we should get, enable or disable automatically calling show. Yeah, I think this should be set to buffered, right? Let's see, does it look, let's see if we detect the lag. I see a little bit. That might just be how long it takes to talk to all those NeoPixels. Let's re-download it, though, now that we set buffered to true. I want to see if that actually changes or if I imagined it. <laughs> okay, this is going slower. You can see... Yeah, so why is that set to... To false, I can't remember. All right, we'll, we'll take it on faith. <laughs> That's the right, I must have it backwards in my mind. Um, 
If anyone knows, tell me in the chat. I can't. I just can't remember if in make code buffered wants to be true or false to, to have it show on or off. Um, okay, so now uh, let's zoom back out on here. Um, the next thing is how I'm actually using the buttons to call these. So um, this is nice because now that we can uh, call this function and tell it a number, we can do this a little more programmatically. So if I look at, uh, let's say, button A and button B, what's happening when we click these? Um, so let's look at button B, that's the one on the right. On button B, click, we're gonna set the variable called number to display, which number are we trying to show, to whatever it was to begin with, plus one. So when this launches, it's at zero, that's what we set that variable to be. Um, when we press B, it's going to increase that number by one. So it takes whatever it was and adds one to it. Then it's going to set the display to be whatever that number is. Uh, sorry, it's gonna, it's gonna take that same variable and it's gonna massage it further. So first thing is we take the number to display, it was zero. Then we add one to it, now it's one. Next thing we do is we just make sure that it never goes higher than nine. Um, so this is a way to, whatever the real number is if we get to nine and we add one to it, we can't display a 10 on here because I've only got one digit. So we need to loop that back around to zero. Uh, and the way we do that is with uh, this function here that's sometimes called modulo. Uh, and this is, uh, the, the math behind it is, is it's the remainder of a division um, operation, which is take that number to display, whatever it is. So let's say we were at nine, we press plus one, it becomes 10. So take 10 divide it by the length of the array in the list of numbers as segments. And you'll remember we had 10, so the remainder of that division right now is zero. We can go zero through nine, so that's 10 segments, or, or sorry, 10 possible characters or digits. Um, and when we divide that total number of 10 by 10, it goes in evenly, and the remainder of that division operation is zero. So that essentially, changes our number to zero. And that allows us to keep looping through zero through nine forever and ever. Um, so the B button will change, in this case, that variable uh, number to display to be a one. And then we call that same show segments for a number. So we'll do that once. This is the B button. Uh, let me put my Circuit Playground Express back in view. How about, there you are. Um, and so I'll press the B button and now it'll increment to two and so on. It's gonna keep going until it reaches nine and then the next time through, it just flips back to zero. Um, the A button is actually a little more, just slightly more complicated and that's because I can't go negative. I don't want the, the numbers to go negative because it doesn't have a way to display that. Um, I suppose we could use the little dot on there which I keep talking about and you can't see. <laughs> so we'll, we'll show that in a minute. Let me see if I can can I scoot this display over a little bit? One second. Uh, unlock a thing. And move you over. There you go. So you see that little dot right there? Um, that's, that's the dot I keep talking about. Um, but we won't use that right now. So when we want to go negative with this, the only um, change I had to make uh, were, were these two things. First of all, we're subtracting. So the whatever the current number is, let's say it's a one right now. I'm going to subtract one from it. That'll make it a zero. 
Um, and then I essentially want it to not subtract. Uh, there's probably many ways you can do this, but I decided to just say, if we get to zero, stop right there. Um, so it can never go lower than zero. Uh, and the way I'm doing that is I put this conditional statement here that checks to see, is the number you're trying to display greater than zero? Uh, if it's at zero, or essentially it'll never get lower than zero. So if it's at zero, it just doesn't do anything below. So nothing happens. We can make a beep or something if we wanted to. Um, so we can go up and we can go down, but we're never going to go below zero. Um, and these are kinds of things you have to think about when you're doing things with displays, uh, counters, and clocks. There's some, there's some interesting um, uh, little challenges that come along when you do these types of projects. Uh, let's make this a little bigger. Here we go. So now what I wanted to do is add a couple of bonus features. So one thing is, is color. If you look at the way I'm handling color right now, um, let's collapse all the blocks. Format the code. Uh, let's look in the start block. So in this start block, I have a um, variable called strip color, which I set to pink. So if I just change this, let's let's make it red, and re-upload the code. It's just gonna change everything. Everything will will follow that one variable uh, that I'm setting, which uh, is from an index of colors, and or so I say. Let's see if it really. That's not red at all. Do I have it somewhere else? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Why are you not changing? I don't think I have it somewhere else. That's definitely not red. All right, let's let's change it to green. I really want to make sure that I didn't break something here. Um Otherwise, I'm confused as to what's to, where it's finding out what color to be. There it is. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we're kind of one download behind here. So something's going on with the, the way it's resetting itself. Uh, so I could, yeah, I'll leave it at that, or I could drag drag the code on when we do that. So I'll drag this green, this code that said green. That's funny. Here. We're one behind what I think I've downloaded. All right. That thinks it's green. Hmm. Uh, so... Oh, sorry, I just, I gave it the wrong version. That was that was our old previous version. Uh, so I'm gonna hit save here. That's gonna save the UF2 file to disk. And now I'll drag that on. This time I'm so confident it's gonna be green. Get ready for it. Yay, it's green. Uh, it's a little bluish green, but it's green. Okay, so this is one way to get the color. I've got it uh, in in one location here in the in the beginning of the code. I'm just saying, we're going to do everything as green. Um, however, since we're calling uh, these functions and telling them to light up, we can also tell them to have different colors when we when we light them. Um, that is right here. Um, this variable strip color is being used. So that that right now is what's telling it uh, the color to use. However, what I decided to do was give myself a way to change the color. Um, while the program is running, and that's with this AB function. So you can press the A and B button at the same time, which is nice. It gives you kind of a third um, interface option for the buttons. A will go decrement the numbers. B will increment the numbers. A and B at the same time will set the strip color, that variable we're using all over the place, 
to be a randomized version of red, green, and blue, uh, where it can pick anything from zero to 255, which is the full range, off to 255 brightness of each, um, each of those uh, diodes in there, the red, green, and blue diodes, and then call the show segments for a number. So this won't change the number uh, that's currently displayed, it'll just change the color. So if I press the two of these at the same time, we just get random colors and we can just press that. There's white, that meant all of them were on pretty bright. It's a dimmer version, there's a reddish. Um, so this, it could take a long time to get something you like because we're, we have so much randomization available. Uh, there was one that was mostly off. I haven't seen that before, it was a nice pink. Uh, and then everything else will, will function the same. Um, and again, this is all made really easy by that lovely uh, NeoPixel set strip to range thing, because I get to call these segment ranges instead of big slews of numbers or cycling through big, big lists of numbers. Um, another, let me just check the chat, by the way, in case anyone has any thoughts or questions, I don't wanna ignore. Um, Oh yeah, hello, welcome. Some people over in YouTube, and yes, we are live. It's fun to get in on it live, isn't it? I know, I know we can watch these archived later, but this one's happening right now. So uh, I can't pronounce your username, but it looks like eh, Hugh, Hugh, who? Welcome, thanks for uh, stopping by the YouTube chat. And uh, let's see, so if I go uh, back to the um, program here, I'm gonna show you just a couple other little added features. So let's collapse all the blocks again. Um, you'll see I did want to use that one little dot. So I have a, uh, a couple of ways to engage that decimal point, and that is with this on switch move left and on switch moved right. These are changing a Boolean, which is a true false or on off. These are changing a Boolean variable called point on uh, to either off when I go left or on when I go right. Uh, when they're called, they will set the pixel, which I'm calling the segment point. So I have seg A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and seg point. Um, and I'll show you where, where those are created. Uh, not there here, create the segments. So that's this last one here. And this is just the last NeoPixel. So it's pixel number uh, 57, and it's one. It's a range of one pixel. Um, we could have just called it 57, but I wanted to stay consistent. Um, and just so you understand what I mean by that last statement, you can always call a particular NeoPixel with this block right here. Set strip pixel color at 57, 2, and pick a color, that would set that decimal point to yellow as well. Um, so here, this will turn them on and off. Uh, where's my switch? There it is. So a little switch here. You can see it turns that little NeoPixel on and off. Um, but what I noticed when I did that at first is that if I set it to on and then tried incrementing or decrementing my numbers, it was turning off. And that's because if you remember what my function uh, that shows segments does, one of the first things it does is it turns all of them off. And then it only has to turn on the ones that are needed. So this NeoPixel strip all the black, boom, it would turn everything off. 
And then my little segment uh, thing here. Oh, good. I've, I've got the ringer on on the phone. Uh, this little segment here will turn on all of the segments necessary for the character we're doing. But I had to add a little extra bit here that said if the point on variable, which the switch sets, is on, then we'll also set that segment point uh, decimal place point on. Uh, otherwise, we'll leave it off or set it to black. Um, I could actually have else do nothing uh, there because it would it would not be uh, trying to turn on a thing that's off. So that's that's how I'm using uh, the switch on there. And then the last thing I wanted to do was have a way to have this just act as a counter and count uh, some time step like a second or a minute. So the um, the way I'm gonna uh, interact with that is using the accelerometer that's built onto the Circuit Playground Express. So there's a pair of blocks here that I can use. One is called tilt left. Uh, the other is tilt right. And these blocks are available. Let me open these up here. These are available right here in the input categories. There's our button clicks, there's shake. So if you grab that shake block, then you can use some other accelerometer things which detect which way the thing is turned uh, or uh, if you're shaking it or if you're you're dropping it. Um, so with tilt left, I have a variable called start counting gets turned true. And on tilt right, I have a variable called start counting and that's set to false. So all these do is change a variable. So where is that variable actually doing something? That is what's happening in this forever block. So if I tilt it left, it'll, it'll change the variable. If I tilt it right, it'll change the variable. This forever block is always looking to see the state of that variable. How, are we, should we be uh, doing whatever is in this if block or not? So when that variable sets a true, when I've tilted this thing uh, left, I think it was left, then it's gonna set the number display to add one, uh, just like we do when we press the button. It's gonna call the show segment, and then it's just gonna pause for a second. Um, so let's see that in action. If I tilt this, just the act of tilting it turns that on. Uh, it actually doesn't need to stay tilted in this direction. It's a, uh, it's essentially a switch. It just says, did I notice a tilt to the to the right? or rather to its, to its left, if you're looking at it from the front. Um, and then the other block is the, we'll turn it off by tilting uh, to the right. Hello? So I thought, that's not working. There we go, oh, I have, to, I'll, I have to tilt it all the way. Earlier that was, I guess it's a little touchy. I think if I go just a little beyond 12 o'clock position, it calls that off. No? I do have to go all the way. Okay, so that's on and that's off. And until it gets far enough over to call it tilt right, you can center it back up. Um, so one reason that that works really well that I love is MakeCode has these um, concurrent threads. It can do multiple things at once. So it can be thinking about doing these pauses, but you could still interact with it to change the color uh, because it doesn't block the code. I say this, I don't think I've tested it. Have I tested it? Let's find out if I'm, if I'm true. So here I have it tilted, it's doing its little one second, but every time I press A and B together, 
I don't have to wait a second to kind of slip that command in between. Uh, it allows me to change the color while it's doing its other thing. Ooh, that's a nice blue. I'm gonna leave it at that. We'll turn that back off. Uh, we can also actually, while it's going, we could turn the decimal point on and off and it reacts immediately because this is, this is multi-threaded. Um, so there you go. That is uh, a little bit about how you can use the super cool uh, NeoPixel range uh, blocks that live right here in light NeoPixel. This set a strip to a strip range from number to how many, uh, to be able to talk to a big, long, huge strip of NeoPixels, which I'll, I'll just remind you, that's, uh, I, don't, I don't think I have one right here to show you, unfortunately, but it's that. It's a big, long strip. It doesn't necessarily have to be all fancy and cut like this. You could, you could do some twisting and, and a bit of origami with it. Uh, as long as you don't break them, they're, they're pretty forgiving. Uh, if you do cut them, you can, you can resolder them at these breakpoints. And um, there's a large version of it. There you go. Uh, so those are these eight pixel strips. And I start here, run all the way around and end here. That one's not connected. Um, I think I actually connected that to power and, and ground there, but not to um, data. So that is our um, make code live for today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any questions, I'll be over in the chat. Uh, you can pop over to uh, right now the YouTube or the Twitch chat. Um, Dreadmask197 asks, are we using the beta version? Yes, I am. Uh, I think there may not be anything in here I'm doing today that requires beta, but I just am in the habit of using beta. It may be that the code collapsing and formatting is still just in beta, and, and I can't live without that. So uh, that's why I'm using beta. Um, any questions over in... The uh, I'll check the Discord chat as well, and I'll be I'll be watching the Discord chat a little bit after the show too. If you have follow ups or questions, Fede Two says love the huge seven segment. Thank you. Yeah, I built this originally to do uh, a large uh, obstacle course timer. I built multiple multiple of these and and had a, um, a whole control system for them with big buttons. In fact, you can see one of the big buttons is right behind me there. That's a a big stock for hitting a, a button when you climb over the the warped wall in a ninja ninja warrior uh, course. Um, but they're they're useful for other things. You could go do like uh, uh, like I said some some letters with this, so you can spell out some but not all words. Um, or you could make a fancier version that uses the X. I forget what those are called, but like the six is it a fourteen segment display. The ones that have kind of X's, so you can get W's and stuff. Um, and let's see. Oh, functions with arguments is only in the beta. Uh, Todd. Bot says, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, so the fact that I'm calling functions, uh, no, there's arguments. I think return, returns are, are new in the beta. I think functions with arguments have been around. Um, but you can always, uh, if you want to check out this code, you can, uh, I'll, I'll hit share right now, and that'll allow me to bring up a um, publish project window. There is the QR code, there is the URL, and I think I can click on that. So if you just point up a webcam or a phone with a QR code reader at it, that'll take you to this code um, and have a look at how that's, that's made. Uh, so I think that's all we got for today. There's gonna be, I think, another uh, Make Code show scheduled next if you go to the Twitch, uh, page for make code that's twitch.tv slash uh, 
ms make code. Uh, I believe there's a schedule um, you can look at that tells you there's a, yeah, there's a make code arcade advanced coming right up. So stay tuned for that. There'll be lots of good stuff, I'm sure. Uh, for Microsoft Make Code Team and Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and I will see you next Tuesday with more Make Code Live. And if you want to see some more uh, of this similar type of content, go to the YouTube and uh, and other video channels for Adafruit, and you can check out. Uh, there'll be a show and tell and an Ask an Engineer, a 3D Hangouts with uh, Noe and Pedro. I'll be doing a workshop show on Thursday, as well as another show and tell. Uh, I think Scott will be live streaming on Friday doing some live coding. So come on over. There's lots of good content there as well. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.